0: media podcast network presents this is protecting america now here's emmy winning journalist rita cosby
1: and welcome to another edition of protecting america i'm rita cosby well an official impeachment inquiry into president biden is now opened as his own son hunter biden thumbs his nose at a congressional subpoena. And joining us now to talk about all of this is Greg Jarrett. He is the Fox News legal analyst. He's also the author of four great books. His latest one is The Constitution of the United States and Other Patriotic Documents, which were collected and explained by New York Times bestselling author Greg Jarrett. Greg, great to have you here on the podcast.
0: Rita, good to be with you. It's been quite a day. Lots of events occurring.
1: What does it mean that now there is an official formal impeachment inquiry into the sitting president of the United States?
0: Well, it elevates the authority of the investigating committee. And, you know, it's vital for legal authority to compel compliance with subpoenas. Without it, you know, the witnesses would continue to dodge testimony and defy demands to cough up the many documents they're hiding. You know, that's what uh, Biden allies have been doing. They've been obstructing and sandbagging the investigation, trying to stall it to protect the Bidens. And, you know, we do think of the impeachment process as an inherently political one, but it does involve legal elements and to force people to cooperate, the committee needed greater legal standing and the vote accomplishes that.
1: How much of a powerful vote, but also to your point about politics, because it was down party lines.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, But, you know, that's not at all unexpected. Um, There were a lot of people over the last couple of months within the Republican Party who were reluctant uh, to do this. Uh, and, And, you know, just so your listeners understand, we're not talking about a vote on impeachment. We're talking about a vote on approving and formalizing the impeachment inquiry, the investigation itself. It doesn't mean down the line that there will be an impeachment. Uh, But, you know, it operates certain legal levers so that uh, when people like Hunter Biden defy a valid, legally enforceable subpoena, uh, the committee can take one of several actions to force him to appear and testify now. Given the most recent indictment against him over tax crimes, I suspect he will exploit that as an excuse to invoke uh, the Fifth. But nevertheless, he has to go through the process. And You know, he doesn't get to decide. No one who receives a subpoena gets to decide uh, the conditions of, well, I only want it to be a public hearing. Um, now, uh, depositions are routine in a situation like this, uh, and they're more valuable than a public hearing, which is exactly why uh, Hunter Biden didn't want to appear.
1: Explain why also behind closed doors, you can often get more details. It prepares you for the public, uh, laying because a lot of people are saying, well, you know, if the Republicans don't have anything to hide, have him do it publicly, but there's a real value to first doing it behind closed doors.
0: Yeah, because the people who ask the most penetrating questions, the people who are most knowledgeable about the incriminating evidence, are not the members of Congress who tend to grandstand with speeches at uh, public hearings and and accomplish uh, very little. Now, The people who do the meat and potatoes of the questioning behind closed doors in a deposition are the investigators hired by the committee. These are lawyers uh, who are skilled in the art of cross-examination. They are the ones who are actually armed with the damning evidence w- uh, with which they'll confront Hunter Biden and, and other witnesses. So, you know, listen, I've taken hundreds of depositions of witnesses, uh, and they're incredibly valuable. Uh, But those public hearings generally are not.
1: You know, Hunter Biden was very brazen, I thought, showing up. There he is at the Capitol. He shows up, of course, on the Senate side. He's supposed to appear on the House side. Talk about why that's significant.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, people keep asking, where's Hunter? He said, I'm here. But yeah, I'm not going to testify. Um, And, you know, he tried to, this was nothing more than a stunt. Uh, He tried to portray himself in front of television cameras as a victim, saying, oh, gee whiz, uh, you know, I've been belittled and, and dehumanized. They've been trying to embarrass my dad, who's devoted his life to public service. Yeah, and graft." Um, and, you know, so I, I think he did himself no favors. I think this boomeranged against him. If there were any Republicans who were on the fence about voting uh, to approve the impeachment inquiry, I think that put him over the edge and against Hunter Biden. And I'm surprised that Abby Lowell, who's as skilled a lawyer as he is reputationally, um, would be dumb enough. To pull this maneuver, it it didn't go over well.
1: The other issue too is he goes to the Senate side, right? So the Sergeant of Arms on yeah. the House side, explain why that's significant because something could have happened if he showed up on the House side.
0: Yeah, there are two ways you can compel compliance with subpoena. Um, uh, three ways. So one is you go to the U.S. Attorney. Another is the committee itself files a civil lawsuit to, to compel compliance. Then the third, which is almost never used and, you know, it's probably used more than 100 years ago, um, is to have the sergeant at arms take custody of the, uh, you know, refusing witness. Um, So, you know, that's why they chose the other side of the Capitol where the sergeant at arms has no jurisdiction on that side.
1: What do you make of the fact that here is Joe Biden who constantly said, well, listen, you can't defy subpoenas. You can't do this. This was when it was Republicans. When It's about Bannon. It's about Navarro. And here's his son. Uh, he's really in a pickle, the president, uh, because he has rode on, well, I'm going to have the most ethical presidency ever.
0: Well, almost everything that Joe Biden promised as he ran for president uh, has is proven to be a lie or a deception. Uh, you know he, he he you know promised to be the most moderate president. he's not uh he's among the most liberal ever and you know he promised to be a healing influence. Now, he's been mostly divisive, and his approval ratings are now at an historic low. I saw one of them at thirty seven percent approve of Joe Biden. I'd like to meet the thirty seven percent um and check their pulse. Uh, But, you know, Joe Biden has done this to himself. Uh, He has long been known in Washington circles as a guy who leveraged his position of power over decades uh, to benefit his family financially. And, you know, the allegations against him are serious and credible, Rita. I mean, there's compelling evidence of impeachable conduct uh, by the president he uh, appears to have actively aided and abetted corrupt schemes operated by his son uh, netting tens of millions of dollars from foreign interests uh, while selling access and promises of influence you know exploiting a public office to enrich your family or others is not only a criminal offense called bribery in the criminal codes but it's an impeachable offense um, and Joe Biden has clearly been lying all along. Uh, you know, originally, oh, gee, I never talked with my son. I had no idea what he did uh, for a living. Then suddenly, when the evidence emerged, it was uh, I was never involved in my son's business. Today, Hunter, uh, you know, moved the goalposts yet again and said, "Well, my father was not financially involved." So does that mean he was actually involved in the influence peddling schemes, but he didn't benefit financially himself? And even that uh, seems rather specious since 40000 in Chinese money ended up in his bank account. So, you know, this, the more that the committee investigates, the more incriminating evidence seems to bubble to the surface. And, you know, we may have only seen the tip of the iceberg so far.
1: Where do you think this now formal impeachment inquiry is going? Do you think they'll be able to get more bank records, get people to talk? How far do you think this will go?
0: There had been witnesses who were refusing to comply with subpoena to turn over uh, documents by citing the failure of the House to formalize an impeachment inquiry. Well, now that that has happened... Um, they can't use that as an excuse, so I think this will force uh, people other than Hunter Biden to capitulate, um, to turn over documents and to appear uh, for depositions, including people like Eric, Eric Schwerin, uh, a you know, longtime Hunter Biden associate and partner um, you know, who would regularly visit uh, with Joe Biden at the White House communicate with him and with pseudonyms and fake accounts. Um, you know, I Tony Bobulinski, I think, will be testifying soon, although he was happy to do so willingly. Um, but there are others, including Biden family members, and now they're going to be hard-pressed to resist.
1: Do you think that this could lead to a potential impeachment of the president, or is it all just to unveil the facts, given it's a political year?
0: Well, I think the wiser course would be to simply expose the facts to the American public, allow them in a presidential election year to make the decision. You know, it's abundantly clear to me that uh, these criminal prosecutions against Donald Trump are nothing more than election interference, an effort by Democrats to knock him out. Um, You don't want to do Uh, the same thing to Joe Biden, or at least be perceived by some as doing that. And I guarantee you that if the House uh, moves for impeachment this next year in the middle of an election, the Democrats will howl and people will believe that this is election interference, that they're they're trying to take away the decision making as to who should be pres- our next president away from the voter so i think the better course of action is to accumulate as much evidence as possible make it available to the pro- public make your case in public venues and let the voter uh, decide you know voters tend to be pretty smart and and, and aware they pay attention And, you know, almost 70 percent in a recent Associated Press poll found that Joe Biden either did something illegal or unethical. That's an astounding number, nearly 70 percent. So, you know, the American public may have been slow to realize what was going on, but I think they've wised up
1: you know, your book, this is your fourth one, Greg Jarrett, is called The Constitution of the United States and Other Patriotic Documents. Um, what can we learn from the Constitution? Because, boy, uh, I feel like there are so many constitutional issues here facing Joe Biden, facing President Trump, too, as he is seeking the presidential immunity. There's a lot of big issues.
0: Yeah, the, the immunity uh, question has constitutional aspects to it. The current civil trial in New York, uh, trying to take his business away from him is a clear violation of the First Amendment protections of commercial speech. Uh, I wrote this document really as a trip uh, this book, the Constitution of the United States and other Patriot documents as as a tribute to the many patriots who who have made America great. We're a beacon of liberty and prosperity and justice throughout the world. And so in this book, you can read 65 of the most important documents, speeches, and letters of our, you know, esteemed leaders through 230 years. Many of those documents and writings change the course of history. These are inspiring words and, and galvanizing ideas. It, they shaped America, our virtues, our ideals, and our aspirations. And You know, I'm very proud of the book. I spent a couple of years, you know, in archives and libraries collecting all of these documents, selecting the most important ones, and I explain them throughout the book so that people have a better understanding of how blessed we are to live in this great country with cherished principles and and rights.
1: You know, I love that you're talking about this because I, I so appreciate the Constitution. I mean, how timely all these documents that so many of our, you know, great leaders throughout history that they have written, and especially, of course, our founding fathers. When when we put it all together and you look at it now, uh, does the document seem more relevant? And were there others out of these 65 that you talked about? I'm jealous of you because I think it's so fun (laughs) that you got to spend that time, Greg, I love it, um, that really stood out to you or surprised you, especially given what we're facing right now at this moment in history.
0: Yeah, I I mean, the Constitution, as well as the Declaration of Independence, were such incredibly brilliant uh, words and ideas forming this new government that had never been tried before. Um, And I try to put that in perspective, you know, the brilliant people who put it together. Um, But also throughout history, you know, I find some incredible figures. Uh, Frederick Douglass really stands out, you know, an escaped slave, uh, an abolitionist icon. Uh, He said, we the people does not mean we the white people. He deplored the cruelty and deprivation of, you know, four million people in human bondage. And he really uh, precipitated a sea change in public opinion. And I, I don't forget the suffragettes, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Victoria Woodhull, Susan B. Anthony. These are people who said, you know, that the Constitution makes no distinction of sex. Women are the equals of men. And frankly, they're the superiors of men in many instances, which which brings me to my last point. You ask who wasn't in the book that I would like to have been in the book. Abigail Adams, ah. who was the intellectual equal of her husband, John Adams, who was uh, you know, quite brilliant in his own right. And, uh, you know, her many letters that have been preserved throughout history really quite astonishing for a woman who had no formal education. Uh, she was the conscience of of John Adams and helped guide him uh, in our, you know, nascent America um, back in the late uh, 1700s. And, you know, maybe there's a volume two here, and I would probably lead with Abigail Adams. I wish I could have put her in the book, but, you know... We had limitations.
1: Well, that does sound like a follow-up for you, uh, my friend, because I'm sure you've got fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth book uh, in the works, and, and your books are always gangbusters. Before I let you go, how do you think some of these people, as we're talking about you know, our founding fathers, and, and some of these who've just shaped our history, I think of as you talked about uh, Frederick Doug- Douglass, some of these people who really were such iconic leaders um, and at the most turbulent times in history. We look at what we're going through now, Greg, and I think as we're talking about you know, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, President Trump, we're in a presidential year. You and I have, have covered politics for God knows how many years, and it's been the craziest moment. But then you step back and see these other turbulent times and say, okay, well, we can get through this. How do you think... A, this moment reflects on other times in history and B, how some of these leaders throughout history, if, if they could look up from above and say what they're thinking, what do you think they would imagine what we're doing now in terms of, you know, all these things, especially all the 91 charges against Trump and all that, just all the things that are entangled in politics today?
0: You know, um, they would be mortified, but they would also say, I told you so. Uh, John Adams cautioned about um, men in power becoming ravenous beasts of prey. Uh, George Washington, in his farewell address, warned about the divisiveness uh, of political parties that could ruin our democracy. Well, you know, he was he was right about that. Um, And but I will say this. Our Constitution is a stern and steady document. And it has, for more than two centuries, withstood uh, one challenge after another in American politics. And it will endure. So, whenever you're in a tumultuous moment, as we are now in America today, you know, you fear the worst and, you know, you listen to some people who say if Donald Trump is elected president. It's the end of democracy, the end of America. Well, these are ignorant people who don't understand the strength of our constitutional republic. And these are the people who are in desperate need of reading my new book, The Constitution and other patriotic documents.
1: Well said, my friend. Well, thank you for covering so many really important and timely perspectives. And also write that next book with Abigail Adams. I think you got a good one in there. Um, Everyone, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. And Greg Jarrett, thank you for all you do uh, to preserve our great history, to shine a light on it, uh, and also to inspire us during, I think, what are such crazy times right now, but putting it in perspective so beautifully. Again, the book is called The Constitution of the United States and Other Patriotic documents collected and also explained by our great guest today, the best-selling author and Fox News legal analyst, my friend Greg Jarrett. Greg, thank you so much.
0: Rita, it's always my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
1: And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.